Hey team, what's going on? Welcome back to the Number Your Stories podcast. Today, we're talking about a subject that I get a ton of questions about, and maybe you have the same question, and it's how do you become an author? So many people come up to me and say, hey, I have this really awesome story. I want to get it out there. I just have no idea where to start. So today we're going to talk about how do you start? How do you go from, I don't know anything to getting words on the page, the obstacles that you're going to face, and then how the heck do you find a publisher? What options are out there and what can you expect from each? So let's get after it. Some of the most awesome times in a man's life for reflection and growth is when they're sitting around the campfire with their buddies or beloved mentor hashing stuff out. So if you are a Christian man looking for reflection and connection as you grow closer to the person God made you to be, pull up a chair, throw another log on the fire, pour yourself a cold beverage, and get ready to number your stories. So as we start out, I got to tell you, had a, had a terrible thing happen. You know, I got a parking ticket the other day, believe it or not, which I think is utterly outrageous because the sign clearly said fine for parking. <laughs> there you go. Boom. Dad joke of the day. Enjoy. Hey, so today we're going to start talking about my journey to authorship because one of the things that gets brought up most often as I go around and do the, the speaking engagements and do the book signings and stuff, people will come up and say, holy smokes, how did, how did you do this? I've always wanted to write a story. And then they, they tell me about it and their story is super interesting. It's really cool and something that I would love to read and learn more about, but they don't know where to start. They don't know how. And people feel like, well, I'm just, I'm just nobody. How could I possibly write a book? And something I've learned throughout this process, having written a couple books, is that the only difference between an author and somebody who's not an author is that one of them finished. One of them finished writing a book. It's not the schooling. It's not any kind of credentials. Obviously, those things help. It's important to refine your skills throughout the process and constantly keep growing. But you don't need somebody's permission to start. Just start. And along the way, there's going to be a lot of people who are like, oh, really? You're writing a book. I can't, I don't know about that. Well, hey, even on the nice end of things, people are like, oh, that's, that's really neat. Good luck with that. Just keep moving forward. I think that that's true in a lot of things in life, whether that's, you know, working out or, you know, Whatever your goals are, just keep pushing. So where to start? I wanted, I wanted to make this one of my first episodes because it's, it's the question I probably get asked most often out of everything is, hey, how do you write a book? Well, I really want to, I want to do that. So first off, where, where do you start? Where do you start? And the answer is just start. Just start. You don't need to wait for a special time. So that's easier said than done. I get that. Probably the thing that is most helpful, just like with any new habit, is you need to develop the routine. Talk about 
the way that worked for me is I think establishing a space that's going to be where you write or where you think about what you're writing. Also setting aside a time is important. I try to do every single day, at least when I was doing the, the brunt of the book, but maybe for you, that's, I'm going to wake up an hour early on Saturdays, or maybe I'm going to stay up an hour later on Tuesdays or whatever that is. Find the time, put it on the calendar. It is a calendared event. You know, you go to a lot of meetings throughout the day for work. You have a lot of things in your bucket that you make important. And this is every bit as important, if not maybe more so. Because 80 years from now, no one's going to know about the the special training meeting you went to or the the quarterly financial projections and those things are important but you are going to have a book that you can carry with you forever that's going to live longer than you know it's going to exist longer than you're alive on this earth at least for now making some Setting aside time and making it important, I think is huge. My setting, I'm a big fan of going. I actually got an old hunting jacket, which is fun. I, I like hunting. I'm a big fan of hunting. It is so comfy and so warm. And I don't go hunting all that often. And I go riding every day. So then I, I thought, well, screw it. This, is, this isn't a hunting jacket anymore. This is my riding outfit. And so I put on my big hunting outfit, which is this big, you know, comfy onesie and I hat and I go outside on the back porch where it's, you know, cold, at least in the winter months. And I sit out and I throw on some, some lo-fi Catholic lo-fi, big fan of that. It's like Gregorian chant and stuff, but anyway, something, something in the background and just chill. You know, sometimes I go out there, I I've tried to cut back on it a little bit, but big fan of the Hemingway method in that you write drunk and edit sober. That's the joke. Obviously that's not a, a healthy way to live. So I've obviously, I've cut back on that. And I say that jokingly, but finding a method that gets you comfortable, but you're not always going to be in the mood to write and, and thinking you're going to is ridiculous. You know, it's like, I keep coming back to this cause I, I like exercise. I, I like lifting weights, but you're not always in the mood to go work out. Just go work out. You don't need to be, it doesn't need to be the best workout of your life. You just need to go work out. S same thing with going to mass. You know, sometimes you're like on fire, like, man, this is, this is so powerful. I feel so connected to Christ. I feel so amazing. Sometimes you're not, you still just go, just go, just do it. Make time for the important things. Okay. So you, you've, you've made the routine, which honestly is like the hardest part. The second, the second thing is within that routine. So now you have a routine, you're, you're stepping into it. Now, what do I do? Cause a lot of people get lost. There's, there's writer's block. They're, they're worried. Uh, and I'll talk about that in a sec, but, but do your prep work. So for whether it's a, a fiction or nonfiction book, start 
doing your storyboards, make an outline and it doesn't have to be perfect. All right. You don't, one of the things I see people struggle with the most, and I look back on my experience and I struggle with the most is, is letting perfection be the enemy of greatness. It doesn't need to be perfect. There's, there's a whole editorial and revision process that that's going to make a huge difference down the road. On the last book I wrote, the, the number your stories and lead like a legend. The first version of that book I wrote by myself and I wasn't very familiar with, with the writing process. And I knew I wanted to make this thing for my students, but I wasn't sure where to start. And you know, the thing with telling a story is that you can change it. Every time you tell it, it's new, it's alive. You're interacting with the, the listener and you can see like, is this interesting? Is this not interesting? I can embellish a little bit more here. I can speed up there. But when you write it down, it's so permanent, which is scary. Cause like, is this the way I want to say it forever? And so I get that. I get how, how intimidating that can be. And so I probably wrote and deleted the first version of that book, like, I don't know, three or four times the whole book. Once I had an editorial team, once I had a publisher and a little more education about how the writing process is going to work, I learned, Hey, it doesn't need to be perfect. The first go, it just needs to be on the page. We have a whole process for editing later. Be confident in what you're doing. So just get after it, make it happen and you'll be fine, you know, on, on this super long journey and you got to strap in because it is a huge journey. I'm talking like months, months and months, maybe years. And so emotionally prepare yourself for that. But okay. So, so you're not letting perfection be the enemy of greatness. You've established a routine. So just get out there, start planning, come up with a plan, whether that's a structurally thinking about, Hey, what is the story I want to write? Like, what is the topic of your book? Think about those key questions and answer those first. Who am I writing to come up with a very specific person? Like who is going to read this book and make an archetype? So for me, I had, I thought about one of the students I would have over to my own campfire, my bonfire, and we'd have these mentorship talks. And I literally printed out his picture and put it next to my desk, or I take it outside and I write, you know, my laptop outside. And that way it was like, I was writing to him and that helped me to find a voice because not everybody is going to like your book. Not every, that book isn't for everybody. It's for a specific audience. And maybe that audience is, is your kid 20 years from now. That's fine. Maybe you know, that person, that's a very specific person who represents the audience go through and do a little bit of planning to think about the story. So the first time I wrote this version of the book, I had several individual 
tales that I was writing and they were, they were not connected. There was no big story. It was just a bunch of individual stories that didn't really have a lesson. And the more I thought about it, which is side note, kind of ironic because that's like the point of the book. And so, which is paying attention to the narratives that are, that are unfolding in your life. And through writing about that, I sort of uncovered that in myself, but, but coming up with those, those themes, structuring, laying it out. But once you have the bones, and again, it doesn't have to be perfect. Once you have the bones, just do it, get out there. And so my goal was, I'm going to write one word every day. Every single day, I'm going to get my gear on. I'm going to go listen to my music. I'm going to go sit outside and I'm going to write at least one word. And I know that sounds ridiculous because you're like, that would take forever. Obviously, you're writing more than one word when you get out there. What's, what matters is that you're showing up. That's the hard part. What matters is the first word you write is the hardest word. And after that, it keeps coming. So get out there, write one word, and you're going to keep writing more and more and more. Set a timer. You know, if you're on fire, keep it up. Otherwise, stop. Now you've developed your routine. You've got that going. You've started. What are the obstacles that you're going to face? Because holy smokes, there's a lot. Once you start anything great, there's going to be things that fall into your path, especially if it's something important in line with God's mission. All the demons are coming out trying to mess with you. And so I, I think a part of your routine, at least is at least a part of my routine that I found to be really helpful was starting every session with prayer to stop and say, Lord, let your light shine through me. And, and maybe that's, you know, you're writing an inspirational nonfiction book, or you're writing a really powerful fiction story to whatever, or you're talking about something that happened in your own life. Give that up to God. Through him, all things are possible. And without him, nothing is possible. So there are definitely times where I would be writing and I'd be thinking on the spectrum of things about on, on one side, there's, well, I want to be, I want to be a famous writer. I want to be a, a, a best-selling author and all these awards. And I want all this greatness and pride and me, me, me. I want people to think I'm so awesome. And the other side I'm thinking, how could you possibly do this? You're not, you're not a trained writer. You're nobody. No one's going to find this interesting. Why would you even start? This is so silly and so stupid. And instead, just giving all of that up to God and, and starting with prayer and saying, you know, God, I'm feeling called to do this. Tell me what you want me to do. Let your voice speak through me and just going and trusting and, and moving forward. I think that is number one, the biggest thing and reminding yourself of that over and over and over again, the humility and the trust and the determination, not just makes you a more effective writer, but I think it builds you as a man. Other things that are going to come up obstacles is that, that voice that's saying, you know, you're no good. What are you doing? Keep pushing forward. I think we talked about that. Just one word every day, or it, it falls in the back burner. Like, well, yeah, I'll get to that. I'll get to that. You know, someday goals are never goals. If you really want to do this, make time and do it. 
And it doesn't have to be some amazing, great thing. It just has to be one step forward over and over and over again. And that's enough. The other thing I found was the outside world. I think it's important to get feedback from people, especially people you respect, people you care about, you know, by yourself, you're really going to struggle just to do that alone. And and I'll be honest with you to think, I'm just going to write this masterpiece off the bat by myself and send it out to the world is probably unrealistic, right? You don't, you don't start working out for the first time ever and expect to go win a professional bodybuilding competition. That's just not going to happen. It takes years and years of, of devotion and work, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't try. You shouldn't start. It is the pursuit of greatness. The, the constant pursuit of unattainable perfection. That is the thing that really matters. And so a lot of people, even people, good people who you care about, when you talk to them about your goals or you talk to them about what you're, you're shooting for, might, and I felt like this happened a fair amount, even from people who I really loved, might come back and be a little, I want to say condescending, but, oh, well, that's neat. Sure. Okay. Or, ooh, that, that sounds, that sounds really challenging. Well, good luck with that. Understand that comes from a, a good place. Uh, Maybe you're lucky and you're surrounded by super supportive, loving people who are, who are thrilled. But I've noticed a lot of people think when they see someone doing something that maybe they've always wanted to do, but haven't, haven't had the courage or the time or the know-how or whatever it is. And then they see somebody else doing, they think that I could do that. I mean, who are they to write a book? I, I'm probably better than them. And I... I'm not doing that. So why should they give them a little bit of grace and don't let them hold you back. I have a good friend who was an awesome guy. We went to school together and he has this amazing ability to, to have incredible things happen to him. Like it, it can't be an accident. So many things like he was on the wheel of fortune and like jeopardy and I think he, he was in a Super Bowl commercial was about him. Like there was so many incredible things and I just love keeping up with this guy. And I had a chance to talk to him and I was like, man, how how do you do this? Because there's a lot of people who would look at him and frankly disliked him because of those things. They felt like he was either a self-promoter, which he's totally not. He was a, he's a super humble guy, but they'd see these things happening to him and they'd think, well, who is he to have? have all these gifts showered upon him. Shouldn't that be me? And so I I go and talk to him and say, Hey, how did you get all these things? Like, how are these things happening to you? He's like, honestly, man, I just asked. You'd be shocked at the, how few people try. And so, you know, maybe he'd shoot for a hundred crazy things and five of them would happen. Well, that was five more than anyone else was doing. And so believing in yourself, trying, not being afraid, failure, not being afraid to suck at something is one of the biggest things in overcoming that. So I I felt like a huge help to overcoming that obstacle was 
having this support network of people who could review and understood the process in the writing process, maybe the most, one of the most helpful things you could do is to align yourself with a publisher who understands and supports you and is giving you a structure for success, especially if you've never written. If you're serious about it, you need that. Just like in, in bodybuilding, if you want to be successful and you're really serious about competing, you need a coach. And yes, you can be disciplined and teach yourself and you can know all the things and you can do something good, but it will be even better if you have a support structure in place of something who's just taking care of those things so you can focus on, on your part. Finding a publisher, and I'll talk about how you do that in a sec. And there's a lot of different options out there, but, but if you can find someone who provides not just the publishing service, but the editorial service, sort of the mentorship and coaching. And I, I was blessed to have someone who, who had an educational portion to that, that was really great. So having that structure in place made such a difference. So the first time I wrote, I wrote a version of the book for the cadets that that was a gift that took me like two years of me alone writing in a chasm, just getting after it. I, I did find a proofreader who would, who would read through and, and she was very nice, but I probably, that was like 30,000 words and it was a, a modest start for, let's say an amateur. The second go around where I was doing this in concert with a, a professional publishing house, with a team of editors and proofers and things like that, they gave me so much education and structure that it was much easier for me to keep moving forward when maybe I thought I wasn't sure. So I had deadlines, I had, you know, classes, all those things were built in. And it made it a million times easier. And I also understood, stop doing the write and then delete and painting over every single word and just go do it. We will handle the rest on the back end. And so instead of being 30,000 words, I probably built that up to 100,000 words. And then we cut it down in the editing process. We cut that back to like 60 and then built it up to 80, which is where the book ended up being. And it was a little more complicated than that, but that was generally the time frame. That took about a year to do the writing, maybe less, seven, eight months to do the writing part and then the editing part. And then the rest was the publishing and the marketing. And that took, you know, six months before, before we launched. Having that team in place made, made such a difference. Now let's talk about publishing because that is something that a ton of people ask about, but they've, they've got the discipline, they have the motivation to actually get in and write their story, but how do you go about finding someone who can help you? It's easy to say, Hey, go out and get a publisher. But how do you actually, how, how do you actually do that? So I think in general, in my experience, there are three classifications of publishers. There's, there's self-publishing, there is hybrid publishing, and there is traditional publishing. 
And so obviously there's a spectrum within each of these, but those are the three big categories. So first let's talk about self-publishing. This is a very low risk endeavor, but you are in a desert wasteland. It is you alone. There's a lot of self-publishing things out there where you will write anything and that company will print your book and it can say pretty much anything as long as it doesn't violate their like terms of service. But, but there's no quality control along with it. There's no support system. It is you and just you. And then whatever the service, they'll go out and might make it available on Amazon or available in like Barnes and Noble online. However, if, if you are the only one marketing your material, if you're the only one editing or proofing your material, it's really, really on you. And that is a scary, scary place to be if you're by yourself. Now that's what I did for the first version of that book that I gave to my students because I wasn't interested in selling it. I wasn't interested in spending a lot of money and you could send your manuscript in and in three weeks for like $10, have a physical copy of your book in your hands, which is incredible. And I think that's everybody should probably start there just to get a feel for what that looks like. However, the writing process is so scary to go it alone. It's so nerve wracking. Maybe you're, you're a special breed. I wish, I mean, that's what I did first uh, and I finished awesome. The second way of doing it was so much better where you have a support structure in place around you. So the next level up is hybrid publishing where it's not just you and a printer, it's you and a team of people who are doing editing. They're doing some of the proofing they have. A lot of them will have like a, a menu of things that you can pay for individually but they have services available to you. So you're not totally alone. And then when it comes to the distribution of that book, now you're on your own again. Some, some companies like that will have a marketing plan that you can purchase or maybe a marketing team, but they aren't really responsible for the sale of your book. Rather, they are helping you get to print and then you are buying, you know, a thousand copies of your own book. And then you're Will Smith out there in the pursuit of happiness, going door to door, trying to sell your book, which is ridiculous. I'll be honest with you. I am not a fan of the hybrid publishing model. I think it is snake oil as what it is. The way they make their money is by convincing you that you have the greatest thing that ever was, and you should absolutely, you know, you're going to sell a thousand, 5,000 copies and you should buy those copies of your book because that is how they're making their money is by getting you to press print. And then 
they disappear. You know, there's really no incentive for them to continue on. At least that has been my experience. Or they'll stick around for a fee. And I don't know about you, but I don't have an endless supply of money to just throw at these kinds of problems. And then there's the the third tier, which is the traditional publishing. Now, this is what you think of probably when you think of publishing. This is the random house or the penguin or the you know, insert big publishing house here where they do all the things. They have a team of people. They're getting it at all the bookstores. They're handling from, from the support during the writing process to the editing and proofing to the, the people doing the marketing and the selling and the royalties and setting up the talking and the speaking engagements afterwards. That is a traditional publisher. However, it is shockingly hard to break into those spaces. You need like a super expensive literary agent, you know, and, or a already number one bestseller that you've proven that you are a known quantity or a gazillion followers on you know Instagram or whatever, a, a base of people who they know. It's all about where the risk lies. So in the self-publishing, you're really not going anywhere. I can't think of any, any book that has had significant impact through self-publishing. And maybe that's wrong, but generally self-publishing, it's a low risk, low reward type thing. In the hybrid publishing you're ending up with a much better quality product because you have this team of people, but you, the author, own the risk as opposed to the publishing company. That's the hybrid part. They're going to help you get there, but then you're going to own the risk. And so you put up the upfront cost for all the books, and then you get a much larger percentage of the profits. However, you know, a 90% profit on basically nothing is is very little in comparison to a 15% profit on thousands and thousands of books so that's that's where the, where the difference is a a traditional publisher owns the risk they are putting the upfront cost into the production the marketing all of that stuff and so they are getting a larger percentage of the profits however as the author holy smokes, you are so much better off because the book is doing really well unless you already have a ton of, ton of followers, this huge base of people who you snap your fingers and they're going to go purchase your book. So if you, by any means necessary, can get into a traditional publisher, I think that's the way to go. The problem is there are some huge obstacles to doing that. So though that is the landscape that I see, I mean, that's the mountaintop, but it's really hard to get to. So what I have been so blessed to, to find, and I think this is a space in the market that is emerging are these, these independent boutique traditional publishers. So they are a traditional publisher like the one I just explained, but they are a much more 
accessible version of that because they don't have the reach of the traditional publishers that I talked about. And so their doors are a little bit more open for aspiring up and coming authors. And so a lot of them, you know, they have those connections, they're providing all those services. Yes, they are putting the upfront cost. And so it is much safer, but you actually have access to them. The only thing is that I think you need to temper your expectations. And I thought it was great because to me, I saw it as a tremendous blessing. I realized, oh man, it's because I'd tried to go the other routes and saw how troubled those ways were. And I tried to break into the traditional publishing sphere and couldn't. And so when this came along and I found this boutique publisher who is incredible, I, I realized, holy smokes, this is, this is perfect for me, but I also could recognize, yeah, I'm not getting on the New York times bestselling list. You know, I'm not in some multi-million dollar corporation. I'm in a small independent boutique enterprise that can give me a lot of attention, but they don't have maybe the, you know, multi-million dollar network that you see in the movies and TV shows and stuff. And so just tempering those expectations, I think is important. A couple other ways. How do they make their money? Well, like traditional publishers, one, they make their money on the royalties of the book. So the percentage is going to be a lot different. It might be, I would expect a minimum of 50% ownership of your book in the, at least in the royalties. I think there's the ownership of the intellectual property is an area for debate in the contracting. Another area that I see a lot in that space, you know, and this is something that, that my publisher does is th they might have some services available. So, so maybe there's some companies might have ghostwriting services. So, Hey, I have a story. I don't feel like I'm that great of a writer, but I have a voice. And so you could pay extra and have somebody assist you in the writing. They also have similar to that called like a, a silent co-author who can partner with you in the writing to assist in that. Obviously that, that costs money. I didn't do either of those things. Other ones provide classes. And so my publisher has this master class where, Hey, we're going to every week we meet and walk through the steps of writing a book. And it was this tremendous educational experience which I was more than happy to pay for because that wasn't money lost. I was a far, far better writer. It significantly improved my understanding of the process. And so I was paying for the education. And I think that's an area where my publisher probably, and, and other publishers make a fair amount of their money is offering those educational experiences. And then that helps authors to finish their book, which is in line with their interests and then publish and then come the royalties and then all those things. So I can't say enough positive things about the boutique traditional publishing for anybody who is, who is interested. I think as an entry level, it is the best possible option you could have while tempering your expectations of what that is going to, what that's going to lead to because of my publisher's understanding of the, the Amazon algorithms and the marketing 
and the connections in podcasts and conferences and all of those things, you know, she has helped me to reach a place where I could meet what I defined as successful launch. And that was a conversation we had. Hey, how do you define success in this? Is it, is it to end up with a physical copy of the book? Well, well, you could do that tomorrow, write anything and go to a self-publisher. Is it to end up on the New York Times bestselling list? Well, if that's the case, then, then you probably need to spend tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars with literary agents and ghostwriters and training and getting there and the marketing and all that. And frankly, you're probably just not going to do that on a first go. But if your vision of success is to make an impact, to get a return on your investment financially, to get some kind of literary award or make an Amazon bestseller list, all of those things are achievable for a reasonable price. You're not going to do it for free. I think in order of magnitude, we're talking in the thousands of dollars, not tens of thousands of dollars in my experience. And so, you know, look, find, get online, boutique publisher, uh, traditional publisher, independent traditional publisher, all those keywords are things that you can you can look up. So the name of my publisher was EP House Publishing. And I I thought they were fabulous. That is not an endorsement. Oop. I gotta I gotta say the thing. Gotta make sure I say it one second. The views and ideas expressed here do not reflect the official policy of the United States Military Academy, the Department of the Army, the Department of Defense, or the United States government. There you go. So not an endorsement of the the company, but I personally used that company and I have found success. There are many companies like that, that I think you could be successful with. Bottom line, you can do it. So we've talked about the process, where do you start? And ultimately it starts with you praying about it, committing yourself to finally writing your story down that, that the story you have been gifted matters enough to respect and to put in effort. And you've got to be the one to do that effort. You've got, no one is going to do it for you. You've got to put some skin in the game and that is in your time. That is in your treasure. That's in your emotional effort of going through the battles that are going to come your way and keep pressing forward. We talked about those obstacles you're going to face. Most of them are emotional. It doesn't take a lot of physical obstacles, although there is some money involved, but not a lot. Uh, you know, you, you can range from self-publishing, which is almost free to a, a seriously awesome experience for only a couple thousand dollars. The biggest obstacles are the emotional obstacles and the time obstacles. It doesn't seem like you have the time. You absolutely have the time. You have five minutes a day that you can sit down and write. You have 20 minutes a day. How often do you spend scrolling on Twitter or Instagram or whatever? You can sit down and spend that time writing and praying. You should spend time praying every day and then writing. 
but put in that time, get through those obstacles. They're actually not as insurmountable as they might seem. Come up with a routine. Start writing one word a day. That'll make the outline, make the plan, and then just get after it. Don't make it a someday goal. Make it a today goal. Do it now. I've been, I've been singing this song for a while and, and, and pushing this message over a couple years. And I just wanted to share something incredible. One of my cadets, now an officer in the army, put pencil to paper, worked on it diligently and crushed it. Came up with a really awesome book that he's going to keep building on and building on and building on. And I couldn't be more proud. It is absolutely something you can do. You owe it to not just yourself, you owe it to your family to put those things down. And you also owe it to God who is giving you this gift of life, who has, who has given you the tools and the gifts that, that make it possible for you to share your amazing story get after it today. And I really, really mean this. If you have questions, if you are struggling or don't know which way to turn, reach out. I promise you, I will do everything I can to give you my experience, to keep you informed, to connect you with the resources that I've been lucky enough to connect with. So let me know. Hey, God bless you. I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Number Your Stories podcast. Be sure to like, subscribe, and share, and give us a five-star review wherever you're listening. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to reach out at numberyourstories at gmail.com. And as a reminder, the views and ideas expressed here do not reflect the official policy of the United States Military Academy, the Department of the Army, the Department of Defense, or the U.S. government. Stay safe out there. God bless.